Hi there. It's another update from New Orleans, where if you're, well, you are listening to me on the Corey Truax Show feed, this is now a yearly thing where we get together with a bunch of other Baptists, about 15,000 of us here uh, voting on matters, and I am joined by hourly pastor at Beachwood Church. He's also my big brother. His name is Doug Truax. Hi there, sir. Hi, Corey. All right, so we were together this time yesterday, and since then, here's my outline. I'll go one by one of things that have happened. One, in a fairly convincing measure, Bart Barber, defeated a gentleman named Mike Stone out of Blackshear, Georgia, to win a re-election bid. Uh, when you take that in conjunction with other, I think, things we're pleased about, I think we're, we're fairly pleased with uh, leadership going forward for the SPC. Yeah, I'm definitely pleased with it. Um, neither one of those guys was liberal in any way. Both were conservative, solid pastors, so we didn't have a bad choice on the ballot. Yeah. Um, I, I know there are some really far-right things in our elements in our convention that would see Bart's re-election as a negative thing, but that's just not true. And uh, so, yeah, I'm very pleased with that. Um, and I, I want you to hear that because there is internet scuttlebutt that would, I think, try to instill you some fear. Because when we use those terms theologically, what we mean is there might be some forces inside this group of conventions that is trying to do unbiblical things. Uh, qualify people who are not qualified to be elders to lead the church to, to qualify them to start questioning about whether or not the the Bible is all we need for life and godliness and whether or not we should uh, tend into other elements for truth we, we didn't have those elements in either one of these candidates and it was a fairly uh, convincing win for, for, for Bart Barber um, and then so that that gave I think a lot of leeway for Oh, excuse me, made, it made us both wonder about how these other two things were going to go because these other two big issues we had to cover were, there were votes yesterday announced today about the disfellowship, disfellowshipping of three churches. Two were just openly ordaining women as elders. One was being, and I'm trying to be charitable here, less than careful about the man they were using as a lead pastor some of his past abuse. Uh, but it ended up being we upheld all three disfellowships showing, a, I think, a really, really conservative, when we say that, biblically bound people here. Yeah, um, the no, just the numbers on that. So oh. for anybody who was thinking that the, the re-election of Barber signaled some sort of a leftward drift, um, need only appeal to the numbers in that yes. um, upholding of the executive committee's decision to disfellowship those that are out of step with the Baptist faith and message. Because we were talking over 90% on yes. two of them, and, and one right at 90%, 88 point something percent. Um, so uh, those numbers were huge in defense of a biblical view of ecclesiology and, and ministry and the roles of men and women. And that liberalism does not jive with those kinds of numbers. Uh, two, two other thoughts on that. I, I want to emphasize that that vote is ultimately not about women. It's about biblical faithfulness. Yes. There, there might even be some instincts in some folks that say, I don't, well, I don't mind if men would take leadership. I, I don't want to speak to that. I want to speak to this. Are we faithful to the Bible? And the Bible has a very specific view of who elders are. And so that vote ultimately is not anything to do with the honor of women. It has to do with whether or not a set of churches is going to continue to be faithful to them. So I don't want to hear anyone, uh, any kind of denigration of women from those votes. But then second, Doug, you make a great point. If the same group of people who disfellowshipped by that level, that, I mean, we're talking 90% votes. That same group of people is the one who elected Bar Barber. Yeah. yeah, we don't have a, a convention of people that are drifting, uh, drifting out of orthodoxy or drifting leftward. Um, so we had those disfellowships, and then, then today we also had. I think, I, brother, I was skeptical it was going to be successful. 
But there was an amendment uh, proposed to the Southern Baptist Constitution to continue clarifying who's an elder and who's not. It was authored by a guy named Mike Law. It was amended. You tell us how it turned out. Yeah, it, so this was not going to be the bellwether thing that, that maybe the disfellowshipping was, simply because there, were, there was a significant portion, at least vocally, in our convention that said, this is just redundant. We've already got this in our Baptist faith and message. We don't need to put it in the Constitution as well. So even people who were biblical in their view of ecclesiology and, and ministry, uh, pastoral ministry, were on the fence with, of, of whether or not to add this particular amendment to the Constitution. Um, but even there, this thing passed with over two-thirds of the room, which yeah. was required for a constitutional amendment, um, which, again, just signals how not liberal this, this convention is. Certainly there are elements within it, that I think a lot of the, that make a lot of noise and have loud voices and to get all the attention to yeah. get people riled up about uh, how Southern Baptists are, are drifting. That's a minority report yeah. clearly in this convention and this Mike Law amendment that we all voted yes for passed and that's just more evidence of the solid biblical trajectory yeah. that the Southern Southern Baptist Convention now finds itself on. I love that. Yeah, it was very encouraging because I think I said to you, like we're going to have to get our in these in these events. You can either it's like a, let's call it a voice vote, but you just hold up a ballot, and if it's obvious that it's a vast majority, the chair can just call it. But if it's close, you have to actually pull out ballots. It's a ten-minute process and vote. I thought for sure it was going to be close enough to get a paper ballot. It didn't even require that no. overwhelming majority to affirm what the Bible says about eldership. Again, not affirm anything about. <laughs> the, the, the lack of dignity for women. Affirm what the Bible says. I have two the, more. Yeah, the language of that even affirms that. Uh, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, the, the clarity for the room. It only requires sixty-six percent to pass. It was clearly over seventy-five percent. Yes. Uh, of the room. So that was again just super encouraging. Very encouraging for me. Two more things, at least for reactions. One, I think an overlooked part of the Southern Baptist Convention's work is a group called Guidestone. I love every year when we get together and they tell the stories of widowers of, or excuse me, widows of Southern Baptist pastors that are in some ways now being taken care of by a retirement group. When the when, when pastors who didn't have a chance to retire or, uh, or plan for retirement get some help from that group, I, I just want you to know, especially if you're part of Southern Baptist Church that gives, you may not have no idea that's where your money, some of your money's going, but that's where some of your money is going. And that's, a, that's dignity. I want to help elder, older folks get old with dignity. And then I had only one more, maybe controversial one. So every year we have a sermon. And this year, he was fun and awesome and a good communicator. But there was, there, there, there's, this, there's this thing I have in me that's, that is naturally conciliatory. When one group loses, I, and I think they're orthodox, I want to quickly go to them and say, hey, 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 we're still good. I want you to come back in. And this sermon was not conciliatory to the people who just lost a presidential election. I almost like, pushed them away farther. Mm -hmm. Did you feel that as well? Oh yeah, it, it was hypocritical because he was appealing for kindness and not bullying on say Twitter, but he used the platform to kind of bully those who he thought were against his position. So it was, just, it was terrible. That was discouraging because I'm often the guy that will say to, to myself, man, I, I agree with like 99% of you what you're saying. And you're saying it so ineffectively that it's making me sad. Because I, I want people to come along to what you're saying about your on, about online behaviors and what you do on Twitter, but you're being so abrasive right now that no one's going to listen to you. So that part was not, not any fun at all. 
Um, before I give a preview of what's to come, any other uh, response, any other th thing from the last 24 hours you want to cover? Well, yeah, there were three motions that were referred to the um, the various entities yesterday uh, about requiring more transparency uh, financially. And they were referred, unfortunately. I hope we would actually vote on those yeah, things yeah. to require that our entities report. Um, all hope is not lost because they are being referred, so we need to be looking at the uh, into the bulletins as they're posted next year to see what the entities themselves have decided to do. Hopefully they'll be moved to be more transparent. Um, but the answer for us at Southern Baptist is simply to make sure that we are electing presidents who are committed to nominating a committee on committees, who are committed to transparency so that they nominate committees, uh, or trustees rather, who are committed to um, transparency so that the boards themselves can do their job and be transparent with how our entities are spending the cooperative program dollars that we send their way. Yeah, I forgot about that. We, we need we needed accountability. If people are giving money, they need, need to know how it's being spent. Uh, one last note for me, and then we'll give you a preview. Uh, there's also uh, last year in Anaheim, California, the convention approved a group to work on how we're going to protect women and children in our churches through uh, a, a central system to make sure that we don't have abusive people going from church to church and not being reported. They asked for one more year to get that fully up and running. That was approved uh, quite broadly. But that was encouraging as well. But there is some, because uh, I was even a little concerned about the credibly accused category. They seem to be putting all kinds of safeguards on that. Uh, but that's, that is a to be continued. Uh, when we finish lunch here in a bit, we're going to go back and get the seminary report. We're going to get uh, some, this is our final session uh, for, for business, and then uh, meet sometime probably tomorrow uh, or tonight. We'll have come back with a final update. Thank you, Pastor Doug, for spending some time doing this. Yes, sir. And we'll be back once we have more to say. Until next time, everybody, peace and love.